You're listening to the Nerd to Know Media Network. Join us at nerdtoknowmedia.com. Welcome to another episode of Doing It For The Exposure, the show that wants to do test shoots at your expense before they hire you. I'm your host, Mannequin Blue, and today's special guest is model and singer Vonna Nolan. Hi guys, how's it going? Thank you so much for having me, Mannequin. You're very good. How are you doing today? Really good, actually. Like in the rain. I love a bit of rain on the windows. It's been a nice relaxing day for once, so I'm really glad to be on the show, though. I'm really loving it so far. Oh, thank you. <laughs> So, Vanna, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do? So, I'm a, like a model slash singer slash dog trainer. So, I do, I do a lot of things. But in terms of my modeling, I've been doing that for about 11 years now. Singing, I've been doing that since I was, let's just say, nearly 30 years now. I'm not going to say how old I am. But in and around that. And I kind of like the, the paradigm of doing a little bit of both. I think, you know, I grew up in a performing family. My mom was a singer. She's retired now. My dad was a sound engineer. My auntie was an actor. She's the granny in the quality street ads, if any of you are 90s kids. That's her claim to fame. So yeah, I just, every member of my family is into kind of performing and all that kind of stuff. So that's why I said, sure, why don't I muck in and be like the rest of them? So it's, it's been really, really good. I've been very, very lucky thus far and long may it last. It's great when you can conform to something awesome. <laughs> It is. It's, it's, it's kind of just the way my family have always been. Like if you ever come to what we call the Nolan family Christmas, you know, you're expected to come with guitars or a voice or a camera, even an easel and a game of Pictionary or something like that. So we all try and kind of enjoy ourselves and perform to each other and then take it out into the, the wide world and see what people think. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's a really nice background to come from, I suppose. Oh, that sounds like an awesome family Christmas. Can I come? <laughs> you can. Please do. <laughs> Be on my team for the Pictionary round because it does get quite involved when you're an artist. <laughs> Very detailed. Oh yeah, we, we don't even use the timer anymore. It just goes out the window, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it just becomes more of a draw masterpiece. That's, it. That's pretty much it, yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. So coming from a creative musical family, that kind of explains your singing, but how did you get into modeling? How I got into modeling, that's, that's a really weird one. So there's a place in Clontarf slash Rohini called St. Anne's Park, and they have a gorgeous kind of rose garden. And I was about two years old, and there was a photographer out there for what they call the Rose Festival now. It used to be the Plant Festival. And he was just taking a few pictures of the the roses and all that kind of stuff and I was two and I wanted to get in the middle of them and touch everything as two-year-olds want to do and he snapped a photo of me and it ended up on the front of the Irish Times and then nothing happened after that for quite a long time. I kind of went into doing musical theatre and stuff and then unfortunately in my teens when I was about 14 or 15 I became quite ill. I, I developed anorexia nervosa and that was a very hard time for me and my family. But, you know, you, you get through things. So I went into St. Pat's Hospital under the care of an amazing doctor who was just an absolute star bar. I won't say his name, but we called him Papa G. So people might know him if you've been there yourself. And when I was kind of in recovery, my wonderful dad, Tom, said, you know, 
do you know what? Like, go on, kid, you know, you could do a few photo shoots. You could have a bit of fun with this. And I was in about fifth year at this point when he started to say this to me. And I said, okay, yeah, dad, you know, ha, ha, ha. Dad's just supporting their daughters. And every dad thinks their daughter is the best and the most beautiful and the most fantastic in the world. But the idea did stick with me. So when I went to university in Limerick, I joined the, the fashion society, the camera society, the music society, and said, listen, the student photographer was there. I said, do you want to do a shoot? I've never done it before, but I'll try it. And that was, yeah, literally 12 years ago last week, actually. And from there on in, I just really loved it. I did a lot of hair modeling. So I know, Mannequin Blue, you're well experienced with doing your hair modeling as well, pretty much. And so when I came back after university, I met the most amazing hairstylist who I still work with to this day. His name is Mark Whelan Balance, and he works in Balance Salon. And he was a student at the time, and he did the most amazing haircut. He won first prize that was back in the Dylan Bradshaw Salon. And I'd only really done kind of clothes fashion shoots before that. So getting into hair, I was like, wow, there's this huge big world in hair. And I loved it because I've always been one a bit like yourself to color my hair, every kind of color. A lot of home bleaching accidents, of course, which happen, certain breaks and your hair might fall out. But I was never one to be kind of like, you know, oh, I just want my hair long. It's always been kind of a pixie cut where that's where pixie in my little Facebook name comes from. And yeah, so I started with hair. I loved it. I loved the creativity behind it. I actually learned so much about hair sitting in a salon chair for up to nine or 10 hours, going from red to blue to green to purple to whatever. And then I discovered a kind of a new genre. So I've never been a really good dancer in that way. But I always used to like, as a kid, to pretend I was really good at it. So I used to be up on my toes, pretending I was like a prima ballerina. And I watched these ballerinas. And then a friend of mine posted that he was looking for a shoot on Facebook. And he's an amazing photographer called Andre Goetti. And we decided we'd do a shoot. And we did. And Andrea was showing me his portfolio one day. And he showed me what we call fine art nude photography or in applied nude some people may call it it can be both really if you want it to be and I kind of fell in love with the genre because I got to become a little ballerina in terms of my posing getting arms straight and toes pointed and I fell in love with that genre of modeling and it's kind of I've really gone from strength to strength in it I joined the most incredible collective called the Art Nude Collective of Ireland so it's a bunch of photographers, a bunch of models, lots of creatives. And we were, at the time when I started, we were meeting kind of every month or every second week discussing shoots. We'd show everybody on a big projector what, you know, we we're working on at the moment, past shoots, maybe work we're inspired by. And that kind of led on to my proper journey into professional modeling. So it's great. I really loved it. Yeah, that's amazing. And the fact that you've done so much as well, because like normally with models, they kind of, they find their niche. So they're, you know, a fashion model or an alt model or an art nude model, and you just do so much with it. It's amazing. It really is. And actually, you know, just because I'm a fine art nude model, like, so that for me is, you know, I suppose I'd be the more disciplined side of it, where there's no real makeup involved, you know, you don't get made up or dressed up, obviously. 
and really then when you go to like alt modeling which I started a page on Facebook with Andrea Goetti called Dublin Alt Models to give the alt models a little bit of a I suppose a chance to show what they can do and and show those unconventional looks show that you know I have big plugs in my ears and I have tattoos so for fine art nude that isn't always accepted sometimes it is sometimes it's not I've never been asked to cover up my tattoos now to be honest but you know some people like to edit them out I've no issue with that really once I'm kind of asked if that's okay and then I'm good with that but Dub and Alt Models is a really fun group but you know if you've got like a sense of creativity and you want to dress up you know put that makeup on it kind of gave me a little bit of a two-way street in the sense that I could just literally do an art nude shoot you know, and if I wanted to make an outfit or something, I could jump into that old modeling scene. I've worked with a load of camera clubs and it's just been great, but I kind of harp on about the art nude side of things because I know it's not for everybody, but it really was for me, especially when I was younger and having had anorexia, I suppose I say had in a inverted commas because it is a bit like, you know, it is a disease and you kind of have to keep watching yourself. So I kind of did the opposite of what most other professional models do you know in the terms of I wanted to put on a bit of weight is kind of still there in the modeling world that you know you should be thin to do runway you should be tall to do runway you should do this that and the other which is why I never did it I never wanted to do runway but I could pose and when you pose it's not in any way lewd or suggestive the type of fine art nude that I do but it gave me so much body confidence to say that this is the way I look. And actually the more imperfections you have, or the more you embrace your imperfections with fine art nude, the more kind of confident you become. And then you can literally just go back, rock on a cool outfit and do like a camera club shoot. And it's been amazing really for me. And then a lot of the time, you know, I would do some stuff and I would sing when I'm posing to get different facial expressions so that I don't just do duck face, you know, every every two minutes because although there is a duck face and like if you go into my portfolio yeah you'll see a lot of that but if you see me smiling or doing something else you know you can definitely sing through it and it, it really really helps but it's modeling in general has really taught me a lot of discipline and it's helped me with my stamina as well as just my self-confidence you know when you pose you may have to hold that pose for god knows how long to get a shot and they're not always comfortable positions to hold and that does not just apply to fire nude, I suppose. But in general, when you're not wearing any clothes, your body is there and you have nothing to work with. So you don't have a big, long scarf you can throw up in the air. You can't create that effect. So you're so vulnerable. So you've got to learn how to use your body. And I tell you now, anyone who wants to do fine art nude, definitely stretch before you do a shoot. Please stretch because you'll be <laughs> sore. Because like, yeah, like I said, like if you're wearing this gorgeous big, long dress, it's so much fun to play with. You can spin it, you can make it move. You can't do that with your body. So it's really taught me quite a lot. And it applies kind of in my day job a bit, you know, there's a lot of stamina involved in what I do. I work for a large animal rescue organization and I'm like, you know, we clean kennels, we pick up poo and all that kind of stuff. It's not exactly conducive to art nudes because you come up with bruises and a few bite marks now and then. Um, hopefully not. It's not a rare occurrence, but it does happen. So you know, when you're shooting nude, you don't even want bra lines. I remember I got given out to in the nicest way by this photographer. And it was the first time I'd worked with him, but his portfolio speaks for itself. So loads of models that I knew had worked with him. And I said, right. So it was a, about a half an hour drive, maybe 40 minute drive for me. And I had my just normal clothes on, jeans, socks, a bra. And then, you know, when you 
privately you get undressed into your dressing gown and he said you've bra lines all over you and I was going you've sock lines your jeans you know you've you've pants lines there like from from your knickers and stuff like that and that he said it in the most appropriate way possible and not even doing him justice really and he was very polite and he said you know what well shoot now next time just wear a loose dress so you're not marking your own body because otherwise it takes me about half an hour in photoshop to get those out so you learn with like each thing and every person I meet and have met so far in this industry has just been incredible and I've been very very lucky to do that but you know not everyone is so lucky to have the opportunities I've had but also kind of keeping yourself safe I have to say is a very important thing Oh yeah, absolutely. Like model safety should always be number one priority and comfort as well. Cause like you said, some of those poses are not easy to do and you could be holding them for a while and it's painful. And sometimes the photographers just don't get that cause they haven't tried it themselves. Absolutely. Well, I think a lot of the photographers I work with would laugh if I tempted them to try some of the poses I do and they would be very honest and say no. I wouldn't do it. Like I'm, I'm not a still life model for art drawing or anything like that. I don't know how people do that, but yeah, you're completely right in saying, yeah, they do kind of hurt. But I think if a photographer is really, really good and they even, especially if you've got a really good bond and that vibe with your photographer, maybe you've worked together a few times, then they'll kind of say, you say, I can't hold this anymore, which is kind of why, you know, when I last year I had a really bad accident I, I actually just fell into a hole walking my dog. So it, it wasn't anything drastic, but I broke my ankle and I have two gigantic screws in there. So it was this time last year, pretty much now. And it really knocked me because I was really afraid. Can I still get on my toes? Can I still, you know, do the nice, pretty pointy feet that people like in my genre of modeling? Can I wear high heels? And I know that like Mannequin Blue, we were kind of talking about that, like wearing high heels is something for us who are, smaller people you know <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just over five foot so I would be very afraid to wear high heels at the moment and literally it took me about a year to kind of really recover and get all the muscle strength back and anything because I was nearly about 20 odd weeks kind of in physio and everything after the surgery so coming back to it literally I was, as I was kind of getting my confidence back up again lockdown happened and modeling during lockdown was obviously not an option especially with the genre I do because you know no one was allowed to travel more than two kilometers and I'm not going to shoot in my back garden I have done it once and there was somebody flying a drone over the back garden oh no yes (laughs) so we all ducked for cover and I'm lucky that the photographer at the time he'll laugh now sorry if you don't mind me mentioning you Paul Brady you'll remember this literally threw the blanket over me was like come back into the house and we'll go again somewhere else but it does happen so like that was the only kind of option and, and nobody was really comfortable. You can't wear a face mask when you're shooting unless you're doing like a really cool Skyrim Dark Brotherhood shoot. You know, that would be perfect for lockdown now where they wear the masks. If yeah. there's any Skyrim fans. I know, I know you, yeah, I, I can, yeah. We all love a bit of Skyrim, but all that kind of stuff, you know. So it's been really hard to get back to it. And myself and my partner play in an acoustic band called Nomad Rush as well. And we all come from a, a full-time musician background before we kind of got normal people jobs and we would still do it on the side and like that's all stopped the shooting has stopped and like we're gradually getting back to it but it's it, it really has been quite hard and to get back into it now like I said it, it's such a discipline those poses hurt I'm not going to stand in front of my mirror and practice poses without somebody there do you know so 
it, it, it has been a little bit tricky during this time. So, yeah. And just to bring it back to something that you'd mentioned about, you know, you were saying if you have a rapport with a photographer that you can say to them, oh, I can't do this. I can't do that. But I would even suggest that just for any models listening to know your limits, because you don't want to hurt yourself for the sake of a photograph. Like I know I've done shoots where I'd be wearing big platform boots and I'm climbing trees or I'm climbing up ruins of, you know, old churches or whatever. But at the same time, I remember I was doing a shoot once. I was wearing like platform heels, but they had like a tiny stiletto heel on them. And the photographer said something about, you know, he wanted a jumping pick. And there was another model there. And so she started jumping up and down and I just went, nope not doing it and he was like oh come on it'll be really good and I was like I'm gonna break my ankle I'm not doing it so I think there's no shame in knowing your limits and sticking to them <laughs> oh no absolutely 100% unfortunately I'm just when I'm in the, the zone I will probably do some silly things I've had photographers say please don't do that Vana. that looks really dangerous so I tend to like hurt myself quite easily like if one can break one's ankle walking a dog you know no matter imagine what I could do on a shoot I think it's a really good point there that yeah know your photographer like and when I was starting out I had no clue about who was a good photographer who was a nice photographer what even TFP was you see that term bandy around and like a lot as well and it's only recently actually because I, I have done a lot of model kind of talks to camera clubs and I've shown them just because a lot of photographers I find they're quite uncomfortable talking to models and vice versa so that does need exactly like you said to be a really open channel of communication from the start so you say I'm not comfortable doing x y and z doesn't matter if that's climbing up on a tree it doesn't matter if that's maybe fine art nude it doesn't matter if maybe you have a skin allergy and can't wear certain types of makeup or you don't like false eyelashes all that kind of stuff so there has to be an open channel between a photographer and a model in general I'm sure you would agree yourself Oh yeah. And as well as that, you know, just because you have limits or you have boundaries, that doesn't invalidate your worth as a model. Absolutely. And you'll find the photographers to work with you because like, I've had so many models and I've, I've, it's actually been very touching and I've, I've really liked it. That certain new models have come to me and said, Vana, do you know, what do you think about uh, this kind of shoot? Which photographer should I contact? Does this photographer charge is it worth my while or this photographer wants to TFP with me, you know, is that okay? You have to make your own decisions and educate yourself because sometimes TFP can be really beneficial. Absolutely. Especially if it's a really cool theme and someone says to me, you know, I particularly love animals. So when I heard there was a reptile shoot going on in a camera club, I was like, yeah, get me in there. Can I pay for it? Like, <laughs> I really wanted to do that shoot. And obviously there was a photographer who wanted to shoot it. So that was really great. And it, it was just a bit of like, it was a really fun thing, but the portfolio shots ended up amazingly. I think Mannequin Blue, you did my makeup for that one. I did actually. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. And we had a great time and it was just such a pleasure to work with everybody in that situation. Whereas sometimes if it's a fine art nude shoot or something a bit more, I wouldn't necessarily do a TFB unless it was kind of worth my time and the photographer's time in that sense it has to be mutually beneficial you need to discuss what you're going to do beforehand there are pages online to keep models safe but at the same time you should kind of maybe do a bit of research make sure that your photographer kind of has a really good portfolio don't be afraid if, if a model is tagged in a photo so for instance say I was tagged in a photo belonging to photographer A and 
there was a new model out there and you clicked on my name and said, listen, you're tagged in this person's photo. What do you think? That's fantastic. Because sometimes it's the photographers who kind of need to be kept safe as well. So it's really good to just make sure that you're getting that kind of shacking point up there. Like make sure they talk to you and, and vice versa, you talk to them. So it's a nice little world to be in, especially in my discipline. But there are little clubs and I would always recommend people starting camera clubs because that's where you get some of your really good relationships. And that's where most of mine have come from, to be honest, is clubs or societies or collectives that are kind of already established and if you shoot there yeah there would be kind of benefit to shoot with those people again yeah absolutely and just for anyone listening if you don't know what tfp means it just means time for photos which is basically you don't get paid for the photo shoot but it's kind of you give them your time and they will give you portfolio shots yeah absolutely and i I still love to do some tfps with, with good friends now it's really good but when it comes to my music it's slightly different you know, you're there playing for two and a half hours and you've practiced for a long time. So that's why I like the difference between the modeling and the music. It's really nice to have the music because that's where you can really let go. You can move as fast as you want. It's something you can actually practice at, especially now during lockdown. Like I'm expecting loads of bands to come back and be absolutely amazing because all they can do is practice. They can't gig live yet. Mm-hmm. So that's why I like the paradigm there in terms of one is really disciplined the other is really disciplined but in very different ways so you're just still using that creative vibe and it's really helped me through the lockdown it's just practicing a lot of music where I couldn't be really practicing my posing as much as I'd liked so it is absolutely brilliant and I've been lucky enough to play in so many bands more than I like to count to be honest because it does show my age yet again so I think when you have one artistic discipline so say you're a painter you will often get into different mediums that help your initial painting. So you may do lino print, you may do something else like that. So that's why I feel modeling and music really go hand in hand. I'm a model who likes to shoot when I'm listening to music. So if you wanna play some music and take your camera, I'll model for you. The music actually really helps me to pose even more. Cause like we all dance around our kitchens. Well, I hope we all do. But that's actually, you know, something if you put music on, especially to a person who's musically inclined, it will get them to pose a lot better. In my case, anyway, it helps me pose a lot more and just in a different way. So it's, it's kind of cool to do it that way and work the two together. Yeah. And I find that as well, if you have like music or something in the background, it kind of takes the tension out of the air. It makes things a bit more relaxed. Absolutely. Like and music is so important when you do live music. Like that's a whole real different thing to be honest like when you've worked in the music industry as long as I have you kind of yeah you want to keep it fresh you want to keep it good and that's why you know the modeling came in 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 another way not just my dad but like I wanted to kind of dance around my kitchen and I thought I looked pretty cool doing it so I was like this could be you know really good for a photo shoot I love this song let's see what that can bring out of me when someone's taking pictures yeah I've had gig photographers so like some of the my good friend Dan Flynn who's a music promoter gave me one of my first gigs in a very famous rock bar in Dublin it begins with an F and ends with neighbors you know what I mean (laughs) Uh, we've all played there if you're in the rock scene we've all done it and actually I find which helped me with my posing for modeling was when I was playing and when I was singing I was doing these mad poses so I think that the photo I sent you there, Mannequin Blue, is literally a photo of me live singing Dine in the Mez in Dublin. So it looks 
stage shot, but it's not. And that really helps that organic side of creativity, which I really like. So I think having a few different mediums under your belt as an artist is really, really important. Absolutely. Oh yeah, definitely. And even just in terms of if you're going to be a full-time artist and you want to pay the bills, you absolutely have to diversify and put all your fingers in all the different pies you can get. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I think the big thing is we, we don't do it because we hate it. You know, it's not a nine to five Excel spreadsheet job. You have to love what you do. It may frustrate you at times, but when you mix multimedia, modeling, acting, singing, you're still always on that stage. And that's such a really nice place to be. And I do feel like really sorry about a lot of musicians at the moment who are just sitting there with their stage has kind of gone away. You know, that's a really hard place to be because that stage is where you really feel in your element. And you might be a really shy person. I'm not the most talkative person outside of modeling or outside of music. But when I'm on the stage, it feels kind of magic to me. So with having that taken away, I'm dying to get back to stuff, but it's given me a really nice kind of time to concentrate on what I wanted to keep doing and, and maybe refine the art a little bit. But I think for anyone here who's kind of at home at the moment, if you're a singer, if you're a model, why not put it up on social media? Try, you know, shooting yourself with your own camera. So if you've been a model, why not become a photographer? If you've been a singer, why not help somebody else? Do a little online tutorial about singing that we're still all out there because I do miss my friends and my bands and, and all of those people in the industry as well. Yeah, definitely. I mean, even that's something that I've kind of started trying to get back into it and just like posting selfies or like drawing a little doodle put up online because when you're not doing art, you're only hurting yourself really. And I know it can be hard, especially with lockdown. It's hard to stay motivated, but like do something silly, you know, Put a smiley face in your mashed potatoes and post it. It's still creative. <laughs> well, exactly. Like learn a new skill within your own, with your own medium. Because like I'm trying to do a lot of different sides of my modeling. I'm trying to learn how to make dresses. I'm trying to learn to kind of paint shoes and what type of paint to use. All the stuff I wouldn't have been able to do before. So that's been really, really nice to do. I think it's, it's a really good creative outlet to have a bit of time. But if you do miss it, make sure that you keep your presence known is what I would say. I have so many musician friends who are like, I haven't taken the August Bank Holiday weekend off in 20 years because that's a time for cover bands and, and different bands and pubs and clubs and different areas. So like, why not put it up on YouTube? Let your band still kind of live on and, and show all the practice that you've been able to do as well. Because I think that's what I'll be planning to do in the next few weeks as well. Yeah, and this is something that we've seen people doing is, like you said, models are doing their own photo shoots on their phones and posting them. And then you have musicians who are doing like Facebook Live videos or Zoom gigs or something. And it's just like, I know we had Fee on the show and she was talking about the fear of being irrelevant and saying, look, you know, if you need a break, take a break. You're not going to become irrelevant. But maybe it's not about being afraid of being irrelevant. Maybe it's just keeping yourself busy. I think it is. For me... Like I said, you know, I, I like my stage because I have two different sides to me. So if I'm in front of a camera or if I'm up singing or playing an instrument, you kind of switch off for that few minutes. And that's what I miss. Off stage and off the camera, I'm, I'm a very different person. So it's really helped for me to just perfect the arts that I'm doing now. But yeah, you do miss it. But it's even just, you won't become irrelevant. And I completely agree with what Fee was saying. Being irrelevant is not what performers want to be. 
we want to be heard and there's a reason, but there's so many different outlets now. And if anybody does have any different ideas, I think it's a nice little thing to maybe collaborate together. So if maybe if somebody has got a camera, somebody's got a paint palette, somebody's got canvas, let's do something. Why not do a Zoom call and try and do it that way? I know my friend who's in Dublin Gospel Choir, they were out in the rec garden singing from like four meters away from each other and it sounded amazing. So there's no harm in doing it, but don't feel just because it's not in front of an audience that it's not valid. Yeah, absolutely. Even just do it for yourself. You're still valid. You're still doing amazing things. Exactly. And like, as if I didn't do it, I'd go mad. Like my job takes a lot out of me mentally, physically, everything. And I love it. It's my life. But to be honest, you know, I still need that kind of exit to do something really creative because it's not me without it. Yeah. And just, just to touch a little bit on that, I know we're going off topic a little bit, but this is too good not to have on the show. So a lot of the artists that come on, they usually have a day job as well to pay the bills, but yours is quite interesting. Oh, interesting is the word. Yeah. I love my day job. It's, well, it's not a job, it's a vocation. So it's definitely a vocation for me. So I, again, like I said, I work with one of Ireland's largest canine rescue organizations. I'm one of the head dog training people in that organization for dog training classes for anyone. But I've worked in the center for a good few years now and I've learned so much about it. I'm not going to say where it is, but you know, if you want to head near Finglas, you probably see us there. We have a lot of yellow going on. It's been amazing. It really has. And it's a really tough job. And it's an absolutely awesome job as well. You have the most amazing days. You've got sad days. You've really got to be quite open to taking on new challenges. You've got to be physically fit to do it. But it is the most rewarding job in the world, helping dogs who have no home. And there's so many rescues all over the country who are all working to the same goal as we are to try and basically put ourselves out of business. Any successful rescue wants to literally lose their job because the one day we don't have any more stray or abandoned dogs is the day we're like, yes, we've done it. So yeah, please put us out of business, you know, in that sense is what I'd say. But yeah, so I'm a trainer. I've worked with animals for pretty much as long as I've been seeing. So I rode horses, I trained horses. I studied equine science until I went to America and I broke my back off a horse. So again, a little bit of a confidence knock. Now, don't get me wrong, I still get up and trot around, canter around, stuff like that. But that kind of got me into dog training. They're fascinating. And I, I love that they don't talk. When you need someone, go grab a dog or a cat. You know, I love anything with a tail. So it's not just dogs for me, to be honest. But yeah, we get in so many dogs every year. We're not government funded either. So that's really, really important to note. But not a lot of charities are. And at the moment, there's been this massive big boom with lockdown puppies. And with lockdown puppies, it's like people have to go back to work again and they don't know what to do. So we're doing loads of online classes, trying to use every resource we can. But you know, no day is ever the same where I work. And I'm so lucky. And a lot of people say, I love dogs. I want to go into that industry. That's absolutely fantastic if you do. Like I said, it's not conducive if you want to do some modeling because you're going to come back covered in bruises if you're like me, banging yourself off gates and you're cleaning, scrubbing. You walk a lot, which is actually something I love, but we walk rain, sun or shine, snow, no matter what, we keep walking. Those gorgeous dogs. But like, I mean, it's the most kind of rewarding thing I've ever done because they have no voice, they have no home and we are their home. And I'm so proud of Dundeal for what they've done recently. They've taken all their dog advertisements off. 
I did have a bit of a cry because it's been something we're fighting for for a long time, not just us, but every rescue. You know, sometimes we say the dogs in our care, yeah, they may have no official home or official mum and dads, but they have literally 35 mums and dads who care about them even more. And we never put a healthy dog down either. So it's just something that I do, but it's obsessional. So that's why I have to do my art because I was to dwell on every sad case we get in mange, potential abuse, starvation, anything like that, abandonment. If I didn't have an artistic outlet, I don't know if I would be okay. So sometimes I'll come home and I'll play my guitar or have a sing song with my family. But that's why art is so important to just keep you sane in that kind of thing. But we do see a lot of success stories and they're, they're what mean the most to us. Yeah, and I know that I harp on a lot about supporting artists, which I'm always going to harp on about, but also take care of the animals. Don't get a dog if you're not willing to welcome it into your family. Don't get a dog for Christmas. It's just a terrible idea because, you know, usually they end up in a shelter and we want them to all to have lovely homes. Absolutely. And what I would say, if you are looking into getting a dog, there are so many resources online from the organizations like rescues, like ourselves or any other rescue in Ireland who will give you the information about getting a dog and how to prepare it properly and all that kind of stuff. So it's it's really important to do your research before you make that potential 15 year commitment. Hopefully it's more than 15 years. I'm just going on the average lifespan (laughs) of a dog. So I hope mine will last for more than 15 years anyway. She's 13 and a half my little Labrador cross Indy. And like she was a a really good case. We found her running around Limerick when I went to college, just right before my first photo shoot. And I actually was late. It's the only photo shoot I've ever been late to was because of my dog. So she was running up and down the driveway of the University of Limerick. And if anyone knows it, it's a really long driveway into the college. And I thought she was a lurcher. So like a greyhound type cross. And then when she turned around, I realized she was a lab cross. She was 9.2 kilos. She's now a healthy 24 kilos, which is her ideal weight. And we don't know where she came from. But luckily, you know, we went and got her chipped and nobody claimed her. She wasn't chipped anyway. She wasn't spayed or neutered. So that's really important to do as well. But if anybody is going to get a dog, please just give any charity a call. They're going to give you loads of advice because it's so, so important. And if anyone is back shooting, or playing a bit of music, you know, and you, you want to maybe donate to whatever you need to. I would I really encourage you to help the animal shelters at the moment because they're not allowed to take the same amount of donations in terms of bedding or food that they can. So that would be really cool if you did. Yeah. So everybody listening, get on it. Do it. We're not the <laughs> only ones suffering. <laughs> so Vana, where is the best place for people to keep up to date with you? Depending on what, what you'd like, I would say my Facebook page is Vana slash model and nomad rush so nomad rush is spelled a bit funny so it's nomad is in n-o-m-a-d and then space rush and that's on facebook and youtube you can do nomad rush band as well we do a lot of kind of fun covers and stuff like that but if anyone wants to see some of the art nude ireland stuff you can go on to art brilliant and as always we will put the links in the description so that you don't have to search too hard but definitely go look at Vana's work. She's amazing. She does great stuff and support her and support the dogs and everyone. (laughs) So is there anything that you would like to talk about that we haven't talked about yet before we go? I just, I think we're absolutely brilliant. And to be honest, it's been an absolute pleasure being on the show. The one thing I would say, if I could close with this, is just when you're starting to model, don't feel any pressure. 
just enjoy your shoots. When you start to play your first gig as a musician, just enjoy it. Make sure you've done your rehearsal. But for both modeling and music, always arrive on time, if not early, and be prepared. If someone had given me that advice a long time ago, I would have been a little quicker for me to give it more popular than I was at the start. So just make sure that you're always on time, you're always polite. If you're not comfortable, that's absolutely fine. But if you're a musician, be nice to the sound engineer. He's the one who makes you sound good. <laughs> he does. He controls you. So <laughs> not the other way around. But I wish I'd kind of grown up knowing that. Yeah, no, definitely. And a professional attitude goes a long way. Absolutely. Always be professional and try not just to, you know, jump in there without your, your practice. So no matter what your discipline, practice, 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 and then go ahead and absolutely rock it and enjoy it. It's the most important thing is you enjoy it. A hundred percent. Vanna, it's been an absolute pleasure having you. Thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you for having me. Of course. And for everyone listening, if you enjoyed this episode of Doing It For The Exposure and would like to hear more in the future, make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at D-I-F-T-E Podcast. You can also check out our stream on nerdtoknowmedia.com. We stream weekly on Spotify, SoundCloud, and YouTube. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for listening to a Nerd to Know Media production. 